This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I hope that you've prepared for an unrelenting storm as you join me for today's lesson in this Bible study entitled Stormproof, Weathering the Tough Times in Life. In this particular storm story, we're focusing on Noah, a common man who obeyed the Lord even when he didn't understand the weather report. I've heard it said that Noah didn't know what an ark was, nor did he know what a flood was, but he knew who his God was. Well, before we dig into scripture today, I'd love to invite you to follow me on social media for a daily dose of hope and joy. On Facebook, I am Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me as simply Carol McLeod. Well, let's do it now. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis and learn how to prepare for horrific storms from a man by the name of Noah. God gave specific instructions to Noah so that Noah and his family would be kept safe from the impact of the flood that was about to come upon planet Earth. Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. So God's detailed storm preparation was a blueprint that included architectural details for Noah and his sons to follow to the T. God told them what to cover the surfaces with. He told them how to construct the roof and the door. He told them the length and the height of the decks. Now, let me tell you about the ark. Let me explain it to you. The ark was a flat bottom vessel and it had three decks on it, as well as various rooms to house people and animals and to store the amount of food that this epic storm would require. A window lined the space just under the roof, providing necessary ventilation as well as a little bit of light for the people who were going to live in the ark for about a year. God had thought of everything, as he always does, if we would obey his specific instructions. Now, let me tell you an interesting piece of trivia about this ship that God commanded Noah to build. The ship that God commanded Noah to build was exactly six times longer than it was wide, which is the exact same ratio that's used by modern shipbuilders today. Can I just say it again? God had thought of everything. 
as he always does. It took Noah and his sons a hundred. Now sit down. Hold on. I'm not exaggerating. This is truth. Write this down in your notes. It took Noah and his sons 120 years. I said years. I didn't say days or weeks or months. It took them 120 years to build this floating zoo. The floating zoo was the length of one and a half football fields and as high as a four-story building. I often try to make these scenarios come to life when I teach the Word of God. And I want you to picture this for 120 years. That's 12 decades. I can imagine that Noah and his sons were mocked as they built the gigantic wooden structure miles, miles away from any ocean or lake. Who would build a boat large enough to house a huge family and numerous animals in the middle of a desert when there was no water in sight? Who would build it? I believe that the answer to this question is people like Noah who walk by faith and not by sight. People like Noah, who are righteous and blameless and walk with God. People like Noah, who would rather have it God's way than their way. Who, in their right mind, would build a boat in the middle of desert? How about you? How about me? People who are willing to obey the full instructions of God take risks that the Lord doesn't understand. Do you know who would build a boat like this? People who always believe the promises of God. Men and women of bold faith in every generation listen to the voice of the Lord and obey his meticulous directions, even when it's impossible to understand, even during the sunny days of life. We obey right away all the way. I want to hear God's voice. I want to obey his meticulous directions. Do you? Just like we talked at the beginning of the lesson, Lord, when you're looking for a righteous person, let it be me. Lord, when you're looking for an obeyer, let it be me. I want to be counted among the audacious believers in God who prepare for a storm even when the tempest has not yet begun to brew on the horizon of their lives. I want to be accounted among the faith-walking people who heed the truths and principles of God's word as priceless instructions that have been given to aid in storm preparation. Now, let's make all of this ancient information personal to your specific life. God asked Noah, to build a gigantic boat in the middle of the desert that would take 120 years to finish. What has God asked you to do lately? Oh, because he has asked you to do something. God has asked all of us to build something significant with our lives. God has asked all of us to build something astonishingly great with our lives. Perhaps He has reminded you to stay sexually pure until marriage. Perhaps he has asked you to love a difficult mother-in-law. Maybe he's invited you to stand up for truth in your community or to be a foster parent. Maybe he's asked for you to get involved in the right to life movement. Maybe he's asked you to open your home 
to a missionary, to volunteer at church, to go on a missions trip, to send somebody else on a missions trip. What has God asked you to do that makes absolutely no sense in the natural? Because the eyes of the Lord are going across the whole earth looking for someone whom he can strongly support. Let it be me. When you walk with God, God often asks of his children difficult things that are nearly impossible to understand with human reasoning. But my friend, I dare you to obey anyway. Faith is not trusting God only when we understand what he's asked of us, but faith is trusting and obeying him whether it makes sense to us intellectually or not. There may be times in life when we're mocked for our faith, when the world doesn't understand our righteous decisions. If this happens to you, continue to follow God's instructions rather than the call of a culture that does not recognize him or his principles or his righteousness. Noah and his family chose to ignore the mocking of their culture and to humbly and faithfully obey the Lord. And you know what? The blessing would turn out to be epic. Now, up until the time when Noah and his family were safely inside the ark, did you know that it had never rained upon planet earth? That's right. It had never rained. Not one single drop from the sky up until this strategic historic turning point. During the first 10 generations of human life, God had watered the earth by means of underground streams that provided the land with the irrigation that it required. But now, a cataclysmic downpour would fall from the sky and gushing waters would be released from beneath the surface of the earth. Genesis chapter 6, verse 17. This is God speaking. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Don't you wonder what Noah was thinking? I do. In his six centuries of living, because he was 600 years old at the time, he had likely seen many incredible wonders, but he had never seen rain. You know, I think about the people who are still alive, who were born in the early part of the 20th century, and how they heard about the Titanic sinking, and about the Wright brothers uh, building an airplane, and about the model T Ford car, and they lived through the Depression, and the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and, and the 50s, and the and, and the computer age and a man landing on space. Just think if, if in 80 or 90 years of living, what, what we have seen, what had Noah seen in 600 years? Well, I can tell you what he hadn't seen. He had never seen rain. He had never observed even one drop of moisture falling from the sky. And we can only imagine the fear that must have gripped his heart as he pondered the colossal event that was about to take place. Noah's boyhood friends would all die in the storm. His neighbors would drown in the gruesome flood waters. However, into Noah's certain fear, God spoke these words of encouragement and promise. Genesis 6:18. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. You see, for every storm that we encounter in life, 
there is a promise, so find it. If you're in a storm today, find the promise that God has spoken over your life. There is a promise. If you're dealing with a child who's turned his or her back on the Lord, your promise is it's not his will that one should perish. That's your promise. So God, the father of all creation, personally invited Noah and his family to enter the ark, and he sealed the invitation with a wonderful promise, Genesis 6, 19 through 21. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. As for you, Take for yourself some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself and it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Besides God's perplexing directive to build the ark, God has now given Noah this specific crazy foolish command. Noah was to throw open the doors of their gargantuan boat that he had built in the middle of a desert so that two of every sort of animal, bird, and creeping thing, now if that doesn't give you the shivers, I don't know what will, could parade into this pristine God-ordained vessel. Now if I had been in Noah's shoes well, probably his sandals, I would have tried my best to obey God by building an unprecedented sailing vessel in the middle of the desert, but to open my new home to lions and tigers and bears, oh my, I'm not sure that I could have done it. God spoke over the righteous, blameless Noah's life more than one outrageous request because outrageous begets outrageous. It was one ununderstandable, crazy thing after another. This is what I can tell you. God's requirements will indeed stretch us out of our tiny zones of comfort. They will. If you're accustomed to the pleasure of comfort, you're probably not going to enjoy the life has called you to participate in because he doesn't guarantee us creature comforts. He doesn't guarantee us understanding, but he does guarantee us the peace that passes understanding. If you long to leave a legacy that will stand for all of recorded history, then you must toss comfort aside and embrace the adventure and scope of God's fantastic story for your life. You may not always understand God's instructions, but obey anyway. God's requests may seem absurd to your natural way of thinking, but obey anyway. God has never asked his children to fully understand, but he has simply asked us to fully and immediately follow him. You see, for us on this side of Calvary, faith is our ark in all of life's storms. And that's what we huddle into when we're encountering an epic storm. 
Now, go ahead and laugh, but I'm going to tell you one of my favorite scriptures in, in all of the Bible, and I probably do this every lesson. I say, this is my favorite scripture, but I kid you not, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's Genesis 6.22. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Oh, that God would say those exact same words about me. Thus Carol did. According to all that God commanded her, so she did. Oh, that I would be known as the woman who immediately obeyed everything the Father commanded me to do. The life of Noah is vibrant proof that the road to a lasting legacy is built upon a lifestyle of obedience and faithfulness. Noah obeyed the Lord one plank at a time. Noah obeyed the Lord one hammer hit at a time. Noah obeyed the Lord one slather of pitch at a time. It seems to me that because God's instructions were so specifically chronicled in the Bible, that Noah's actual construction of the ark could have been detailed as well. The Holy Spirit and Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, could have offered a blow-by-blow account of where Noah and his sons obtained the wood, the nails, the pitch, and the tar. Did they go to Home Depot or did they go to the woods? Did they get it from their neighbors? Like, where did all this stuff come from? The Bible doesn't tell us. The Bible could have stated clearly the steps that it took to build a ship of that magnitude. But all that the Bible says is this, thus Noah did. He did it. Noah obeyed God and heaven stood to its feet and applauded this ancient man with his beard down to his waist. Let me read you a scripture from Hebrews, the New Testament, chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence. Now, if you've got your Bible, I want you to circle that word reverence. In reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to to faith. Now, this verse says that Noah prepared an ark in reverence. That was his heart attitude. He honored God. He didn't argue with God. Oh, let's linger here for a minute. When God asks you to do something hard, do you argue with him? Do you tell him all the reasons why you shouldn't do it? Are are you stubborn? Do you drag your feet? Do you stomp your feet in the face of God? I want to be like Noah. I want to obey God in reverence, even when I don't understand, even when he's asking me to build a gargantuan ship in the middle of the desert. You know, as I read Hebrews chapter 11, it's always amazed me that the Holy Spirit was still talking about the men and the women of the Old Testament while writing the verses in the New Testament. Although Noah had lived thousands of years before this was written, before the book of Hebrews was written, the Holy Spirit was still so impressed by Noah's life 
that the Holy Spirit just had to bring him up again. He just had to talk about him again. The righteous Noah and his family had obeyed the voice of the Lord. They had spent 120 of the best years of their lives building an enormous boat that others mocked. What has God asked you to do? Is the Holy Spirit going to still be talking about you in hundreds or in thousands of years? Listen, the way you make heaven's history books is this way. You live a righteous life, which means asking Jesus into your heart, asking him to forgive your sins. The, the way you make a mark at your moment in history is to walk with God like Noah did, that you develop an intimate lifestyle with God, your creator. And the way that you make your mark on history is that you do it. Just do it. You do whatever God has asked you to do with reverence. How wonderful to know that we are invited into the ark of his presence through every storm in life. There is no safer place to be, is there? You know, as always, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me with your questions or prayer requests at carol at carolmcleodministries.com. And now, before you go, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our safe shelter and our peace in the middle of every storm in life. Father, I pray for all of those who are storm-tossed today. Would you comfort each one? and give them the hope of your presence. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.